Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools! Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we reveal the Holy Spirit through stories of self-gift and education. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Today's episode is titled Generosity of Time, and we'll see how this comes to life for St. Bernard in Wabash, Indiana. I'm thrilled to welcome two colleagues of mine in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, a dynamic duo. I really mean that, listeners. I've been blessed to know our two guests for some time now. And so we have pastor and principal at St. Bernard Wabash with us. Thrilled to introduce Mrs. Abigail Stanley, principal, and Father Jay Horning, pastor. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Zach. It's a great joy to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. I am really excited. This this is just great to have you. So listeners, just so you know, Father Jay was associate pastor at St. Vincent's last year. Of course, you know, Father, it was a joy to work alongside you. But I always want a listener to know that I've been blessed with a friendship with you for a time. But I am so excited to think about this idea of generosity of time at St. Bernard Wabash today. And we're going to dive right into that uh, in just a moment. But first... Father Jay, you've now been a pastor officially for, I, I want to say maybe seven, six, seven months. Yeah, seven months. So how, when you think about that seven month time frame, what is just one or two joyful thing that comes to your heart? Just thinking back, because that's, that's a good half year already. And there's probably, you know, God willing, hundreds and thousands of individual moments, but it's something that springs to the, to the heart when you first think of that. Hmm. So as a priest, we desire to take on the, the person of Christ within the sacraments. And having been at St. Vincent's, you know, I got to encounter so many people and do so many different things and you just love them in the greatest capacity. But really moving from that parochial to a pastor, your heart changes a lot. I recently was gone for my first weekend of masses and it made me sad. Oh, sure. I just, I just felt this difference of, wow, like I'm not just their priest. I'm, I'm father. Yes. I'm dad and like dad's going away or something. So that's been the biggest revelation of just your heart. It hurts a lot more. And you know that as a principle. Um, and the same time, your heart loves a lot deeper. That is beautiful. What, what a joyful response that is. And I had no way of knowing that that's, of course, what you would share. But I, it really is beautiful because you're speaking to an authentic desire to love your community well, that, that you already have that. And that, that sense of absence, you know, a father certainly in the sense of married life will feel that, you know, mm-hmm. if, if he needs to be away from the family, but this is your spiritual family and, and needing to be away. So, well, Ab- Abby, you are definitely blessed to have uh, a pastor that is filled with that love. And that's, that's really what we're going to dive into today. It's pretty great. All right, listeners. So we're thinking today about generosity of time. So our fruit of the Holy Spirit, of course, is generosity. And, you know, a lot of times people think about that concept of being generous more in financial terms. You know, somebody has mm, the blessing yeah. of material wealth and they they gift that or they, you know, may even bequeath it later or things. But sometimes I think that's exactly where Christ was about his time. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. examples in scripture of he had withdrawn to pray to be with the Father, which is in and of itself its own spiritual lessons. That's another episode sometime else. <laughs> but then the crowds or the apostles or some, whoever it might be, it's often the crowds or, or the apostles would find him and call him, you know, they needed him. And he was always generous with his time. So I think you model that that first example that Christ gave us. So we're going to hear more about how, but let's first give our listeners just a little sense of St. Bernard, life at St. B's. I'm excited yes. about that. 
So that is just one of the goals we want to do is just highlight, you know, so Wabash, if a listener is listening around the nation have never heard of, a relatively smaller town here, here in Indiana, about, I, I think, you both please correct me if I'm wrong, about 10,000 residents. That's correct. Yeah. So that is small. You know, when you think about any big city living and just globally population moving to larger cities, right? So even compared to Fort Wayne, a smaller city is, you know, above 250,000. So 10,000 is, you know, small. But some of the benefits of small town Catholic education in an otherwise rural area, I've been blessed to see your wonderful community. And, you know, you think about Wabash as a very um, developed town, but then it's rural immediately, you know, when you leave it. And you don't have another town for at least, say, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Actually, it's probably more like 25, 20, 30. Yeah, 25, 30. Yeah. So benefits of small town, otherwise rural area. Excited about that. But let's again just start with just some background on St. Bernard's. So, and I think, Abby, you are a parent of the school as well, right? Yes. Okay, yes. So just, My son is in first grade. Yeah. Yep. So walk us through like when you started serving as principal. Tell us about your school. Give us yeah. a sense of enrollment, mission, and, and what is it like to be, I guess, first a parent and now obviously right. as principal. It's really f- amazing that you said parent first because I really feel like my son's enrollment in kindergarten is what called me to be the principal there. I had gotten my admin license over 10 years ago and just sure. kind of sat around waiting because nothing jumped out to me. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel prepared. And then, you know, we started a family. And then um, my son, Drew, enrolled in kindergarten sp- sp- uh, summer of 2021, and the job yes. came open. And it was just a true calling. Yes. I thought if I don't go for this, if I don't put my name in the hat to have true hands on my son's education, I'll regret it forever. Oh, and that's... I know it was the Holy Spirit guiding me. I yes. know it was the calling. So Drew led me to the job, and I'm so thankful that he did. Um, so this is my second year as principal. It has been a lot of ups and downs. Thankfully, since Father Jay has been here, it's been a lot more ups. <laughs> also oh, being great. my second year and everything's not brand new like it well, was last no, year. I think you just hit on two themes right there. And forgive me for interrupting even. Yeah. That I just want to walk out a little bit more slowly for a listener. So for one, you talk about calling. Mm-hmm. And that to me really is worth slowing down for just a moment because, you know, for people of faith, you can you can really watch this happening, that they're living their life in, in whatever direction, even a good direction. I'm not just framing this from like moral bad and moral good. And then the Lord does speak to them through that gift of faith. And then suddenly they're just in a brand new direction, right? People meeting each other and and eventually dating, discerning marriage is a classic example of that. Discerning the priesthood is one. But here you are working in education. And then the Lord spoke to you as a parent and called your life in a new direction. And you were responsive to that. Right. Yes. Yes. I was very happily teaching in the public setting. Yes. I always knew that private Catholic education was going to be the path for our kids. Mm -hmm. But uh, career wise, I was very happy. I was very content. And then again, when the job came open, it just was this bright shining light. And I just thought, if I don't do this, I will regret it forever. And I think that's one thing for our listeners right away is just when that calling's there. Right. You know, it's so powerful. And then, too, you spoke about just the the natural course of life in any human community, Mm -hmm. ups and downs, right? And sometimes in in administration, which pastors are obviously the the head of a um, Catholic-specific parish and school, right? Right. But so if you're an administrator, some of your your role, some of our role that we live is receiving that. So sometimes there is a challenge that you couldn't have predicted or, you know, sometimes you could have, maybe you could have predicted it, but it still is going to be there. But yet that uh, tenacity to respond to the calling— Mm-hmm. To choose that hope and and to continue to serve is just something that strikes me. And again, that's generosity of time. So let's get a few particulars about the school. So setting the stage. So for a listener around the nation, especially if you're in a big city, 
This may sound like quite, <laughs> excuse me, quite a contrast, right? Uh, it's going to be funny. No, it's awesome. So what's the school <laughs> enrollment for this year? Right now we are at 50 students. And so that's K to six, right? That is K to six. Yeah, I just like, let's pause and look at the glory of that though, right? So mm-hmm. like all of us in, in Catholic school, like want to grow our enrollment. Like that, you can have a school of a million. You still want to have more for the kingdom, right. right? That's the fundamental call from the Lord. Anyway, but think about like how well your child can be known Right. In a very, very supportive, professional, but but a very deep and intimate way, too. Right. At 50 students. And so, Father Jay, I'm, I'm remembering talking to you right when you had you know started out. The school year was opening, so it was obviously still warm. You could just kind of hang with the kids as they were waiting to come into the building and throw the football around. Yeah, right? it blew my mind. So I've been so blessed as every seminary assignment I've had has had a school. And then my first priest assignment, St. Vincent's, had a school. So I've always been around that. Mm-hmm. But when I got to St. Bernard... They were showing up and they, they weren't going inside immediately. And I thought, what? Why are we not going inside? Right. <laughs> well, they were outside playing. The kids were running around. Parents were talking to each other. Yes. And all of a sudden the kids were like, hey, father, catch. And I caught the football <laughs> and then I threw them. Like, oh, you got a good arm. I'm like, that's because I'm three times older than you. <laughs> but it was amazing just to immediately interact with them. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Well, that virtue of play is something that schools actually take up as a matter of serious reflection and where can we build that in more? And, mm-hmm. and that's a, probably a vein in education that's always been present, but a desire to be able to be a fully human person when we think about education from the Catholic perspective, mm-hmm. you have to have that component, right? So like certainly at a very basic minimum, we have recess, great, okay. But you all having this community of how the students come to school, it sounds like with their families, right? But this would have been like your first few days, but yeah, I think mom or dad or both could be there, right? Am I understanding right, that, right? Yeah. What a beautiful, right. like just, Picture that in your mind. Mom and dads are together with their teachers, with the kids, throwing the football, coming to the building, having that joyful mm-hmm. time at the start of the day and like, okay, let's let's go in and get our academic day kicked off, you know? So that's amazing. So one thing I wanted to ask you both is just a real strength of the smaller setting like that. And we've hit one of them, right? That you literally do have this kind of seamless transition of family life. Mm-hmm. Whereas it can feel differently in a larger school and that, you know, you're going to have a more structured routine for your drop off. You have to, or just more kids to get in and there's going to be that. So hopefully there still is that sense of joy in family and, and how people greet the kids. And, but, you know, really to think about that arrival moment is great. It also sounds like the intentionality of allowing for that play mm-hmm. actually matters, right? So play is somewhat by nature spontaneous, but like the school's intentionality say, we want them to have this as the way their day is starting out, right? So what what is another strength that comes to mind for for either of you or each of you, however you want to take that? Well, just in the academic setting, I mean, what Father touched on at the beginning of the day, it's beautiful to see the fellowship among the parents. And um, I love getting new families when we get new families, seeing the, the, the veteran parents going up to them, introducing themselves, telling them about the school, telling them about the, the, the HASA account and all the, oh, sure. all the different things. I love that. But just in the academic setting, you know, I think as educators, we strive to give kids individualized attention and to mm-hmm. really get to know them on all levels. And being in the Catholic education system, we, we strive to build kids as a whole person, right? Amen. We want to we yes. build them up spiritually. We want to build them up academically. Yes. That is our job. But also morally, just to embed those morals. Our kids have amazing families, but we're also, we spend a lot of time with the kids and we're right. trying to teach them to be good people, to yes. build up their character. And, and so when you do have class sizes, I mean, there's six kids in our kindergarten class. That teacher knows those kids in, in and out. 
yes. in and out, strength-wise for academics, but also just personally. It's like, okay, so-and-so is having a rough day. I bet this happened. I mean, she knows the families. She right. knows the siblings. She, she knows all of it. So you just feel like you can do your job really well. Yes. With kids when there's less of them. Yeah. And, it's and just you can really, give more of yourself to each of them. A really practical reflection on that is, and that's beautiful, just giving more of yourself to each of them needs to be repeated because that that yeah. alone is just, wow. Like, I love that I got to receive that myself. But think about, too, like how well they know. So class of six, right? So you might find in a large class, a teacher mm -hmm. might not perceive if a child is kind of holding something in. Mm -hmm. Usually five-year-olds are not the best at that. I'm here, I'm thinking more like third, fourth, fifth grade, right. but, but regardless. If a child's holding something in, not willing to share it, we actually can sometimes miss that. Just any human being can. You know, of course, yeah. we want to know it. And usually it'll surface quickly enough anyway. But in your setting, that can probably just the most minute of difference, the teacher's going to know that immediately, mm -hmm. right? And then out of that good pastoral care, be called to respond, right? So that is really a strength. I think another, another yeah, another yeah. strength is the infusion of community mm -hmm. and the intertwined reality that they exist. So you look in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you look in South Bend, Indiana, these are much larger cities. They have multiple Catholic schools. Wabash, 10,000 people, has one Catholic school. Yes. There are, mm -hmm. are maybe two or three other elementary type schools. Right. And then even the, the older, the middle school, high school levels are, there's one or two. Right. So St. Bernard this year, 2023, and then 2022 last year, celebrated 100 years of existing. That's amazing. Which is That's wonderful. So cool. And they've gone, they've fluctuated from one through eight. Now we're at K through six. But there were so many people at that centennial celebration in August of 2022 who have been a part of the community, part of St. Bernard. And so when people hear St. Bernard, they also think of Wabash. And this sure. has been a, a thought on my mind recently. You probably heard of the term farm to table. Oh, yes. And like farm, farmer's markets and stuff. Yes. I think of door to desk. Oh, like you're a neighborhood yeah. school. Wow. Cool. If anyone has a better no, this phrasing, is, like, I'm all I feel open. like there's a light shining around this conversation. Like, but now, give me right? a better phrase. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Door so to like, desk. You can walk from your house to the school. Yes. Right. Like I can walk around the the community as a priest, like where the parish sits, or on top of a hill, so I can walk down into the downtown area. Mm -hmm. We can we can be visibly seen, and yet this is the other baffling reality. St. Bernard's at 50 kids, maybe only 10 of them are Catholic. Okay. So however you want to look at that, I think the fact is there's 40 other kids there who are being exposed to the beauty of the faith, yes. morals, values, ethics, and then their families are being exposed to that. And there's people in that community who have been exposed to that. Yeah. And so the church is evangelizing Amen. through what the school is doing for the community and the community is responding to the school. Yes, that's amazing. You know, really it is because it is actually that opportunity for evangelization. And yeah, for all of us, and I hope for all of our listeners, yes, it's exciting to think about the, the families being drawn to the church, but it's mm -hmm. like at its most fundamental, that's then being drawn to the body of Christ, right? So like right. we are really about the business of, we've said the whole child, of course, in several ways already, but actually we're part of the journey of their pathway to heaven, right? And sharing in Christ's call to, to save souls and, and to bring them the fullness of meaning now, and then for eternity. So yeah, that's super exciting. That's yeah. awesome. And it just fits in the generosity because the community gives back itself. 
Yes. To the school. Well, here's my prediction for a new national movement around the door to desk concept. <laughs> and so you guys, this is now trademarked for Father Jay Horning. Oh, so yes. Let's you do can it. Yes. Have all of that coming back well, to your wonderful and it, community. He's not going to, because he's really modest, but he's actually gotten a few families to come to family faith formation from the school because awesome. the kids, he's just lit this light in them and they, they want to become Catholic now. You really do have a talent for that, Father. And I think that's the, the talent. Awesome. Seriously, firstly, that they're wanting to join the Catholic Church, but Mm -hmm. a talent for just helping people reach, like, what is that inner hunger that you have? We all feel it. It's just how willing are we to be honest with ourselves about it? And you've always had that grace. The Lord gave you that that particular gift to just find someone at that moment and help them connect to that feeling. And so where do you want to go further with that then? And I think you're so great at making that invitation, which is actually what a door-to-desk model is kind of about, right? Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks. Awesome. Well, for our listeners, again, just some great strengths. We're going to talk more about this kind of throughout the episode, but individualized attention certainly feel like that warms the heart of any parent and really any child too. Like, I mean, we're all hungering to be known and to be loved. Infusion of community is a perfect wording because it's it's not simply a mantra. It's not simply just we strive for, but it's it's Mm -hmm. really that infusion is a really cool way of living that and realizing that. So All right. Well, I did want to ask you just one other kind of like setting the stage for the setting of the school, a little bit about school being linked with a parish. And so this is kind of part and parcel, hopefully, of all Catholic schools in the nation. But like how particular do we live that out is definitely worthy of reflection. So just give me some parameters for you all. Like you're going to offer, I'm sure, a daily mass at some point throughout the week or two or more. Um, And then you may have other particular traditions. So what does that look like for St. B's? Yeah. So I would say last year when I took took the position. It was pretty set in stone, the, the interaction between the parish and the school. The kids go to mass twice a week, and then they had daily, or excuse me, religious instruction on the other days. Right. And, and that was it. And then when yeah. Father Jay came this year, it's like, hold on, we need to wrap these kids in the faith. So we've now introduced adoration. Awesome. Once a month, and we're hoping to up that to two times a month. But then outside of the school, Father Jay has also started family faith formation adult faith formation. I mean, just- That's beautiful too. Invita- and that's, those are invitations to our school family as well. So just trying to embed the faith and provide opportunities that I don't think were available before my time at St. Bernard School. But he's also offering up way more confession and we have students. It's just a discussion. He's very um, strategic, I think, in his homilies by providing the kids with missions for the day, missions for the week, their spiritual task. Sure. And tying it back into, you know, their interactions with, with each other. How well, that is exciting because God gave us all a mission, right? I mean, you can think about it from this most basic great commission, right? Mm-hmm. Go and make disciples of all nations. But you can also, from like the catechism root understanding, just that we're, we're called to know, love, and serve God and be with him in this life and the next, right? So we actually are created with a mission. Mm-hmm. Thank you for preaching that and proclaiming that and giving students a way to want to desire, you know, like, I'm going to live out this mission today to be a part of that greater mission, right? Well, and you you touched on serving God. So our mission this year has been service. So awesome. each month the kids are participating in a um, service project. And right. we've tried to tie it into the parish. During the month of November, the kids rake leaves in the, in yes. the church garden and all awesome. around there. Um, this month, we're also making cards for the homebound parishioners that right. um, might need a, a pick-me-up. And so we're, we're also trying to involve the community because... We're thrilled with our 50 kids, but we would love to keep spreading the good word about our school oh, yes. and 
just showing that our kids are amazing and they're here to provide service. So we're partnering with some um, local businesses. Next month, we're actually doing something with the Senior Center. Oh, nice. So just teaching the kids that um, service is important. It's why we're here. And it's part of our mission this year, which is really nice. Well, one thing, all of that, that you just added was really inspiring and we'll come back to it. Um, I actually have some notes to make sure I do because I do want our (laughs) listeners to reflect on that a little bit more. But if we are generous with our time, you know, Mm -hmm. again, the first model of that was Christ is is God to his children, right? So if you think about wanting to attract more students, so 50 one day becoming 100, Mm -hmm. you still can live in a very real way without any loss because God is generous first. You can live that infusion of community and that individualized attention with real success. So May the Lord right. abundantly bless that effort. That is awesome. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Holy Spirit at work from that. But um, yeah, let's move on a little bit to just thinking about your generosity of time. And I here for our listeners, I'm, I'm really thinking about the two of you as the leaders of your community, mm. because I've, I've been blessed to hear you speak about just, we just heard of it, right? So more adoration, more confession, family faith formation, like all of these things are examples of that. So that's amazing. Uh, but I've really known you both are really willing to give of your time to your community. And in doing that, that real desire to make it better has already been sharing some fruit, right? And, and one fruit would be service. So I know we were just saying a few examples, but uh, I think before we came on the air, you were talking about just even like a trivia night, like just building up some fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. But yes. there's a lot of leaders who won't see that connection, right? That won't see like, oh, me choosing to do this other thing, because it is something else on your calendar, right? Right actually brings life, right? So just walk me through that a little bit. What did, what did Trivia Night, how did that come to be? I mean, this is just one example. We'll, we'll get others, but how did that come to be? Yeah. And was it specifically Catholic trivia, any trivia? Tell me about it. So historically, St. Bernard School has been known for their Trivia Nights. Okay. And then, of course, during COVID, it, it all got shut down. So yes. I, since I took the position, I've been been being asked, when's trivia coming back? When's trivia? And I'm like, Surprise. Oh, okay, let's <laughs> do it. You're a trivia master now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for better or for worse, here we go. And um, I was thrilled with it. My goal was eight or nine teams. We ended up with 12. And just to see people investing of their time and their, and their money towards our school. And then yes. just that fellowship component. It was, it was amazing. Father and I tried our best to keep it light, but we've <laughs> learned that when adults don't know the answer to a trivia question, they get a little, they get a little upset. So, oh my. Yes. but, but like what you're saying, it is one more thing. It was, it was a Friday night, but when you reflect on what's really important to you and building relationships within the community and building up our school is the most important thing to me. So it, it was Yeah, then it just flows out of a natural worldview. So it's not yes. it's not a work commitment. It's actually fun and life-giving to you too. But really yes. you're the one that's actually spending the time to to make that happen and make it life-giving to others. So yeah. There's this beautiful gift there. There's there's a lot of unseen people that go on that do mm-hmm. things to make it work as well. Right. I mean, we had the teachers were helping to grade. We had other people from the school helping to coordinate and and make those plans happen. But there's yeah, so I I look at Abby and I'm in constant awe. I'm a celibate priest. My family is is the church. Like that's the expectation. I expect that from myself. Sure. Right. And so of course there's gonna be sacrifice, like, oh, Friday night, I'm tired, I don't wanna go do that. Well, I don't wanna go to my kids' game. I'm gonna go support them anyway. So yeah. there's a natural yeah. sacrifice that comes from offering generosity. But I look at Abby, she's a mom, she's a wife. She's a principal. She's got all these vocations in, in this reality. She is 
the marketing person. She is the alpha connector. She's all these things. Mm -hmm. She does too much, honestly. Like, if we could hire more people, that'd be really helpful because it could take some stuff off her plate. Sure. Um, But she sacrifices that in such a Christ-like way that that, that's generosity. So, yeah, we we traveled to watch the kids do their robotics. We, oh, nice. Uh, we try to get, like, I try to get to as many sport events that, that's going on in the community as possible. Wabash has an awesome thing on their first Fridays when the weather's really nice, where they shut down their downtown and people will go down there. And so oh, there was nice. a couple of Fridays where we were going down and just setting up a table and talking about the school. And yeah. She amazes me with the sacrifice that she offers. Because for myself... I expect that. Like, I should do that. Like, sure. I'm, I'm, I've called myself to that. Yes. Um, but as a mom, as a wife, she has, she's like at meetings all the time. And it's just like, yeah, she's there. And she's there with a smile. Well, I really love kind. hearing the compliment. And it's actually inspiring for me. And I just do want to pause for a listener out there. That's one other thing to, to think about your community, right? Like mm-hmm. the beautiful harmony that you have as the leaders of your community. Right. What an incredible grace that is. And, and that has to have... I think, harken back to the original vision Christ had in calling the disciples the first apostles. He really wanted that kind of harmony. And certainly then the 2,000-year story of Christianity hasn't always lived that, and there's been periods of suffering and all that. Okay, but yet the church remains, right? So when you both are living this harmony, you're, I think, further inspired to be able to live that generosity and then share that with your students and share that with your families. And look at one fruit you've already shared today is that you have some more of the school families joining you for family faith formation and and then in earnest actually pursuing our Catholic church, right? So that's mm-hmm. one fruit. But, you know, the persistence of being there on those first Fridays, that shows a love and a presence. And that's attractive to anyone. Like we all want to be known and loved. Like that's a universal human desire. God put it in us, right? So mm-hmm. they're going to remember that, you know, the more you live that. Same thing with the robotics thing. Just again, to just to say how inspiring that is. Like, However far you had to travel, even if it was five minutes, which, of course, I understand Wabash, again, for a listener, isolated, like, good developed town, <laughs> but isolated then, and we're all right. around, right? So you're not five minutes, you're at least a half an hour. And that, like, what that means, you know, for your kids, that you were there, right? So just, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I think that's a natural then kind of segue is just thinking about the future. So, Father, again, you've had seven months, and it was a beautiful reflection you thought about just once you become pastor, the depth of love you're feeling and just that aha moment of, oh, I had to be away one weekend and, and how that left, the market left you, right? It's just like, yeah, I'm actually sad. I miss my family. Like, awesome, you know? Um, but seven months, I think, can also be an inspiring time when you're starting to think through more, where do I want to be for our community? Where do I want our community to be seven months from now and seven years from now and so forth? So mm-hmm. just not that we're presenting like incredibly detailed strategic plan or something, but just like, you what do you want, want to? That? I'll, well, put, I'll put it away. <laughs> you know, the diocese will require it at some point this anyway, right? For the school at least. But what are some hopes that you have for the community, you know, school, church, both? Yeah, when I when I first got there, I mean, I, I've come from such a good background. I've had a great pastor to give me great knowledge and, and what to expect and create my own place. So to have to develop a strategic plan for the parish, that's the big umbrella. Right. But then also... Mm-hmm school because the school is in it. So the church and the school are part of the parish. It's really important people remember that. Yes. It's not church versus school. It's church and school. 
that we are blessed as a church to have a school. Yes. Because there's plenty of churches in our diocese that don't have schools. No, there really are. Actually, there's probably more because it's 43 schools and you might know how many. Like 89 parishes. Uh, nine, half and half, half yeah. just about. Technically in favor of the not having the school, right? Go so on. like, yeah, it's definitely a blessing to be seen, not a, a burden to have to have. Just listen to the angel singing listeners for just one moment. <laughs> I, I know if you really are calm in your heart, you can hear it because that is not the case that every priest in the world would share that view, right? And that's because not every human being would share that view. Yeah. And hey. really that giftedness alone is like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm wanting to cheer you on like booyah, right? Yeah, like, so <laughs> there you go. My So when I found out I was going to St. Bernard, I started doing research. I started praying like, Lord, what do you want for that? Mm-hmm. Amen. And the first three things that came to mind were sacraments, community, school. Okay. So sacraments, Great. Christ has to be at the core of our lives. Amen. And everything we do. Yep. Community, we need we need fellowship. We need each other. And then the school, because the school is going to grow and make the parish younger. Yes. As those families are coming in. Because the other part about Wabash, it's not a super young town. There's not a ton of things that necessarily bring people to that town. However, there is still life there. Yes. And so- Jesus at the center, we come together as a community, the school helps aid in that. And then even more practically, uh, it's been, this has been like my, my three word kind of mindset lately, uh, awake, arise, assemble. Hmm. So Man. Uh, it's time to wake up, yep. it's Amen. time to get out there, and it's time to do it together. Yes, And I so love the it. benefit is Abby, she needs to have a strategic plan for the school. Right. Well, let's not reinvent the wheel. What we have to do for the school as far as Catholic identity and things like that, applies to the parish. Amen. So that's, awesome. that's where the family faith formation comes in. Those are blended together. Religious education in the school matches the religious education done for non-school families. What we do with the adult formation can be applied to the teachers. What we do with the kids. So another one thing that we do that I'm really happy about is on Wednesdays, we do Worship Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So okay. in the morning, we start off with, Worship, praise and worship, singing, listening to like music of Christ. Nice. So our hearts are directed towards him throughout the day. Yes. But it also shows like there are many ways to pray. There are many Mm -hmm. ways to worship. There are many ways to encounter God. You might like this way. You might not. We have adoration. There's silence. We have reading of scripture. We have other things. So all of that applies to the school, which also applies to the parish because the parish needs all those things too. Yes. Well, thank you. Just even like the invitation and and I hope listeners, you really picked up on that. Like just in a short synopsis of you just saying, you might love praise and worship, you know, to the students, to the, to the adults who could Mm -hmm. come to at least the teaching staff. Right. Great. That may not work for you. That might not be your thing. Great. We have adoration. We have the silence, you know, so offering that range uh, to me strikes me as powerful. But one other thing you mentioned almost offhandedly that we really need to pause on. It's going to be a great way to kind of tie it back about where I see the Holy Spirit really in your school and in your community and and maybe offering then some tips for other listeners in, in any part of the country. But you actually asked God first, like, mm. hello, duh, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, we do this and I, I hope like authentically, like let us pause and really say that within our diocese, I've seen that from mm-hmm. any of the principals I've served with and any of the pastors I've served with and come to know is that we actually will come to, to the Lord, you know, in regular mm-hmm. prayer and ask him, what do you want for my school? In my role, what do you want for my community, right? For you to verbalize that and then for God to give you the answer back, right? You know, sacraments, community, school. Yeah, I was really grateful for that one. Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was fairly clear, which yeah. is great. I remember that from your first homily. Yeah. 
Well, and that's yeah. such a, a grace too for a parishioner or a teacher, for an adult in the community mm-hmm. to understand, you know, you as pastor, Father Jay or the leader there, right? And like you have vision, like God is, you are in communion with God about asking for that vision. He's supplying it. Like, yes, awesome. Yeah. So thinking about the Holy Spirit, so generosity of time. You both have shared this in so many ways, right? So, you know, even showing up for the morning football game, right, is one one way. But we talked about trivia night or going out to the robotics team or going down to First Fridays. But I really thought about some of the fruitfulness you're seeing from your generosity. Okay, so family faith formation, you're seeing more people come to that. Adoration, you're obviously inviting your community as it exists now to come to adoration, but you're also seeing people respond. You've offered more confession and you've really made a focus on service. Like all of these are signs that your generosity is reaching others that you are attempting to, to reach and serve, you know, your parishioners and your school mm-hmm. families and starting to mold their life. Some are actually joining the Catholic church. Others may not be at that point, but they're seeing the school as having that life and that vitality mm-hmm. that is so attractive to a parent, right? Like, yes, like I want that for my child. So just, I think it's a, Another example of the more generous we are with our time, the Lord always makes that multiply, right? Just one way or another, like we may not see it tomorrow. And I think that's one thing for like just a side commentary on ministry in general, that can be hard for the minister. It's like, oh, we want to have fruitfulness on this tomorrow, right? But, you know, like the fruitfulness comes, like God definitely allows that to multiply. So it's just to me, quite an abundant sign. And I think that's probably one tip for a listener is that, you know, you could be anywhere in the nation hearing this podcast. And if you're in a smaller town in rural, you may have mm-hmm. overlooked your version of St. Bernard, wherever your town is, right? Because you say, oh, well, that's a small school. Look at the life and the generosity you're bringing there, though. So like anybody in Wabash listening to this, I know is going to come knock on your door and say, wait a minute, I heard about all these cool things. <laughs> Let me just come and see them firsthand, right? Right. And I hope a listener will do that because it's actually such a grace that we have a school system and, and here that's our diocese, Right that says, yeah, we believe that this is a model of education that brings life, that makes sense, and that leads others to the Lord. Like, amen, that's exciting, you know? Like, there are so many other cases where a school system would say, you know, a certain size, we're not going to look at that. That's just not what we're here to do. And yet you're seeing the opportunity to bring sacraments, to bring community, to bring the school more fully to bear, right, in in all these ways. So um, we're going to close because I have to be mindful a little bit of time just thinking about, we always offer listeners two tips so that wherever they are in the nation, they can take yeah. some of the, the ways you've lived that generosity with them. And Abby, I want to give you really the uh, shout out about one tip is to be as generous as possible as a parent with your school. Right. Tell me a little bit more about what you're thinking there. Right. So when we do get new families, they always ask, you know, are there any requirements for volunteering or giving of your time? And I, I, there's nothing set in stone, but I just, not yet. Mm -hmm. Yet. It's not in the handbook yet. But one thing I've just been thinking about, you know, whether you, you have time or talent or treasure, the most you can be involved with your students in your child's life and in their education, you're never going to regret that. You're never going to regret that. You know, of course, I, I, I'm i very, very blessed. Not a lot of people can say they work where their child goes mm-hmm. to school. We share that blessing, which is really a powerful one indeed. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But just to truly be present in the classroom and see what they have going on. I mean, it's, we are a small school, but wherever you're at, whatever small school, they need your help. So mm-hmm. whether you can help with a fundraiser 
volunteer to write the trivia questions, you know, drive kids to the robotics team, whatever your school has going on, whether your child's involved or not, I think it's really important to get involved and give in some way. You will not regret it. You won't, you won't regret giving up that time. And my only um, addition to that would be small school or big school. We feel the same, right? So that, you know, we're blessed at St. Vincent's. There's a lot of volunteers, but we're always like truly trying to reach more of our parents. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have a really committed core group of people that come to a lot of things. And I'm, if they're listening, you know, I thank them again too, but we're always thinking that same thing, right? Of like, how do we um, help share that call and that invitation? And, you know, just the more we make that personal appeal, when somebody else comes in, they see that. So, but small or big, Mm -hmm. getting involved, being generous with your time as a parent, getting to your school. And every school's asks will be different, right? It might be that, like for St. Vincent's, one standing ask we have is in our younger grades for uh, just their art class, like having another Mm -hmm. adult in the room, Another pair of hands. We do the same thing for computers. So like those those two classes have opportunities. But then there's like specific events. So right. St. Bernard's going to have a whole different set of criteria too, right? Mm-hmm. But like what's one thing coming up when you think about the spring semester or even next year Ooh, where you would I'm want so to make an invite? I'm so glad you asked. Yes. So the big thing that we have coming up is our ball and auction. Oh, nice. It is our major fundraiser for the year. It's on April the 15th. It's just- Wabash listeners, check yes. this out. Yes. Fort Wayne listeners, yeah, whoever we can, we can is make it welcome. Down. Yeah. It's at the Honeywell Center on April the 15th okay. and it's our biggest fundraiser for the year. And awesome. it's a black and white ball. So parents get to get dressed up and then hopefully- nice. um, on some auction items that we're going to have available. And then there are class projects that the kids are working hard on that um, anyone can bid on. Can I also add how actually uplifting it is? So it's just the wording. Like we think about, you know, different gala fundraisers and things have their, and and there can be graces in a lot of wordings, but I actually really think there's something just rooted and classic and good and calling it a ball and auction, right? Because that is what it is. But like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you may not hear the word ball as much. And that actually just to me speaks to the community rootedness that you've really presented that that's infused. And so it's like, yes, the community expects that. So it's a cool wording. That's awesome. So, all right, tip one, you as a parent, myself as a parent, all of us, you as a spiritual father, get involved and you are living that beautifully. So, but that's a great tip. And another one, and this one struck me is just thinking about the model you both have set. You know, where are we generous as parents with our own family, right? Mm -hmm. So we think about, you know, anyone who has young children, and I don't think it changes as they age, really, but my own kids are young, will say, you know, we love our child, we love our children, whatever the case is, but man, it's a lot of work, right? And so, well, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. it is like, Mm -hmm. and there is at times sacrifice built into that. But, you know, the, the chance that a parent has to actually be deeply vested in their child's life I think that's actually what was on my heart when I thought about the model that you both set, because it, it actually is a chance. Like a parent can walk away from that. You know, you can become a parent and not make that choice to be actually living the role of parent, to not be vested, right? Or you could be making it halfway or whatever. So like just any, any opportunity. And it's like, it's encouraging for me too, right? So like, especially on that day when you are particularly tired and you're wiped by work <laughs> and you are just not like that one extra step to just have an ounce more patience might actually impact, you know, our children's understanding of the goodness of life for, you know, years to come. So I really do like the way you're modeling this is just what your community needs. Yep. We're going to get in a car and go a half hour, an hour away and go see the robotics team. Yep. We're going to walk down the hill and we're going to get down there and we're going to find out about the first Friday and we're just going to bring a table, right? I, I wish the table could have wheels, by the way, and you could like make it into a sled or something. Mm, <laughs> that know? sounds like a fun idea. It needs a brake system too. We'll get to it. You know, anyway. <laughs> I have, I, can I add a bonus tip? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. It's my bonus tip. And it's something that you brought up very early on, Zach, uh, just looking at Abby and her response to that call to 
principle. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, a parent thing. This is a person in the community thing. This is the priest thing. This is everyone. The recent gospel we heard from Matthew talked about Jesus calling the apostles. And when he went to them, he said, come after me, you'll be fishers of men. And what did it say? They immediately went. At once they left. So if you ever have that pull on your heart, oh, I think I should do this. I just don't know. Just do it. <laughs> nice. Just go. I love it. Just respond. Yeah. Respond with immediacy. Yeah. No, thank you for that. I, there's so much, yeah, there can be timidness in the, in the modern world. And, and, you know, I know you, so I know it's also coming from like that place of prayer when you discern this is definitively a good, God mm-hmm. put that desire in your heart, go, you know, and your, your change of direction to be in the role the Lord right. called you to be in. Right. Or called you to be pastor. You both heard that call and responded. And sure, yeah, I understand it works differently with with a priest also receiving an assignment, but you received that and jumped all in, you know. So, yes. Um, yes, he did. Another listener, I'm, I'm even thinking about young people leaving college. Oh, I don't know. You know, when you have that tug on your heart for goodness, jump. Like, amen. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember this. I'm yeah. going to carry it with me when my kids age up. You know, I mean, I've got a while until that particular time, but yeah. like that is so empowering. Like, you don't have to be timid or second guessing or like, and if God has you jump and he wanted you to get to another point, he's going to guide you there too. Right. Right. Like your first jump does not somehow mean you can't make another jump back in another direction. So correct. Yeah. Amen. Well, Father, I feel called to ask you to lead us in closing prayer. I, I often do that for our episodes, but I just, um, you know, your prayers for your community and for the good of the Catholic church as a whole would really be a, uh, a good joy in our schools. So thanks Thank for you. praying with us. My honor. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, you are so good. You have filled this time with so much of your goodness and revealed how you are prompting and moving us in our lives. I thank you for the gift of Zach, and I thank you for the gift of Abby. Thank you for the gift of Spoke Street, what it is doing in our diocese and in our country. May we each recognize the generosity, Lord, that you have put in our hearts so that we can respond to it with a quickness, that we don't have to be afraid of what it is you're asking us to enter into because you have guided it, you've placed it there. We ask that all of this be lifted up as we pray together, glory be to to the the Father and to the Son and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever ever shall be, world without end, amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Father Jay. Thank you, Abby, so much for being with us. Can't wait for your community at St. Bernard to receive this. And listeners, tune in next week for more Spirit in the Schools. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.